You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, where we invite an expert each week to hear about their incredible journey and career paths. On today's show, we're on live with Shanae Bass-Joffer. Suffering from knee pain, back pain, or just plain tired? Shanae Bass-Joffer is a registered kinesiologist who provides exercise therapy, personal training, and wellness services to get people back on their feet. This week's show is brought to you by Divine Styles. You can tune into the talk show every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you have any questions, just leave them in the comments section and we'll get, get to them by the end of the show. Shanae Bass, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Good, doing well. Uh, so as someone who got into kinesiology, what brought you into the field? What interested you in it? Well, I've always been interested in uh, movement science. So that's what mm -hmm. kinesiology, kinesiology is. It's a mix of movement therapy, understanding how movement works. So back in high school, I actually, I broke my arm uh, while wrestling. Mm -hmm. and, um, so I was put through the whole physical therapy process with respect to rehabilitating my arm. And I thought this was very interesting because, you know, an individual wants to get back to doing whatever they used to do as soon as possible, but I had to wait so many weeks. So then I was thinking, you know, there's got to be a better way. So I wanted to start my own practice with respect to helping people rehabilitate injuries and anything related to basically fitness and health, as I have an interest in that as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what moved me towards uh, kinesiology. So if you hadn't broken your arm, you probably wouldn't have been doing this career. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> what, um, like, how old were you at the time? Uh, I was turning 17, so yeah. Oh, okay. Most so what really, time. like, what part of the process intrigued you? So, so yeah, so I broke my arm, a bunch of symptoms, um, got to the hospital, and I managed to meet with a physiotherapist in mm -hmm. the beginning stage, and then after four weeks when I had my cast removed. So at that point, you know, the physiotherapist, they provided a few exercises, but I thought this was very basic. So I decided to try my own rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. I was already taking a fitness at that time in high school, so I decided to try some of the things on my own. Lo and behold, I actually became stronger doing my own thing as opposed to working with the physiotherapist. Wow. So, yeah, so I was very surprised. So I decided to just learn more about everything mm -hmm. related to uh, fitness, health, and rehab. So I tried it out on some of my friends. People started asking me, and then that just pushed me to look further into it. And then you applied for university in, uh, in kinesiology, correct? That's right. So that's what led okay. me to apply for this yeah, later on. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about what it takes to get into kin? So what's the process like in university? So I'm based in Ontario. So, you know, most of the schools here offer a kinesiology program. And, you know, you finish the four-year degree, you write a licensing exam, which is about mm -hmm. three or four hours long. I can't remember. I finished in two. And then there's about 200 questions. So it basically sums up your entire university career and looks into every single aspect. Mm -hmm. So there are some questions actually that were tested, which weren't actually what we studied. So we'd have to study some books recommended through the College of Kinesiologists. Mm -hmm. So prepared for that. And then also the college was established in 2015. So anybody who was already graduated from the program prior to that was able to be grandfathered in because the assumption was that they were already working as a kinesiologist or something similar in the field. Oh, so they didn't have to do the exam? Yeah, if you had graduated prior to 2015. Oh, okay. And then after that, you had to... Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I graduated in 2015, so I had to write mm -hmm. the exam. Okay. Um, and what did you do after that? So how did you start getting into the career? So 
thing is I had a, a foot in the career actually prior to graduating. So I did something most university students don't do. I created opportunities for myself. Mm-hmm. I tried to volunteer as much as I could. So in terms of creating opportunities, I actually started my own personal training business. And at the same time, I worked at the mosque uh, gym that had opened up back in, in 2012 mm-hmm. so at the Jaffa Community Center in Toronto. Okay. So, yeah, so I got to practice a bunch of things there. And then I also volunteered at a bunch of clinics, which allowed me to gain more experience. Mm-hmm. That's what helped me propel into the area that I wanted to work in. Okay. Um, and then, so <clears throat> as someone who, let's say some of our listeners who want to um, pursue this career, what advice would you give them when they're first getting after, um, sorry, after university, um, trying to get their foot through the door? What advice do you have for them? So what do you say after they graduate or while they're still in university? After they graduate. So it's, it's a good idea for them to prepare prior to graduating to figure mm-hmm. out what type of career they want to really go into. You know, do they like working with people on a face-to-face basis? Do they want to be at a computer? Because as a kinesiologist, you can technically work in the insurance industry and just read reports all day. So you know, sounds like fun for some people. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do what I'm doing, I get to meet people on a day-to-day basis, face-to-face, and then work with them in a hands-on capacity. Mm-hmm. So they need to think of where exactly they want to do the work they want to do and whether or not they want to pursue additional education. So a lot of master's and uh, or a lot of master's programs are available in practical and theoretical fields as well. So they should think about that. Okay, can you tell us a bit about your day-to-day? What does your day look like? So my day is pretty cool. I basically get to customize, customize my own schedule. Mm-hmm. I typically work with clients at the times of their convenience. So at the same time, I still set my own hours. So my day is not always the same which is you know, something I like. I don't like having the same day every single day. I like being challenged with different things. So I'll take my Monday, for example. I met five clients uh, just within a time frame of a few hours. Mm-hmm. But then on a, on a Wednesday, sometimes I'll drive out to maybe about an hour away, meet, some, meet a client there for an ergonomics consultation, and then drive out to another site for uh, another consultation and then drive to the gym and do some work there with some clients mm-hmm. and then maybe just walk over to somebody who lives nearby and then work with them on a, in an in-home capacity. What does uh, working with the person involve? So it really depends on their goals. So mm-hmm. in, a, in a job set, of course, it's tailoring the individual's return to work plan so they can get back in, into their job without hurting themselves again. Mm-hmm. Whereas I also do you know, fitness coaching. So if an individual wants to lose fat, build muscle, we'll work towards that. Or right now, um, I get a lot of clients that have various kinds of injuries. So we develop a plan, see how long it will take them, and then work with a bunch of exercises and try to just get them towards that goal. Mm -hmm. What's uh, a success story that you had or your proudest moment through your career? I had a really nice one uh, in the last year, but I really good one prior to that. It's actually related Mm -hmm. to a mojo. It's actually a, a player I was working with. He injured both of his knees and so he had multiple meniscus uh, tear surgeries Mm -hmm. and then when he was playing soccer he re-injured his knees and he was out for over a year I think and so we did we worked together for four months Uh, I was only meeting him twice a week and he managed to actually get back to playing soccer and we were preparing for a mojo so he played essentially his last mojo after that 
And then I think he continued to play in the over 35 category. So mm-hmm. he's still doing well. So that's really good to, good to hear. Well, on that note, just a reminder to our audience that the Emoji Games is just around the corner. It's by far the largest Shiao Soccer tournament, and registration is open. There's something for everyone at Emoji Games, so please join. Um, Shane, can you tell us what different opportunities are available in this field? So the cool thing about kinesiology, there are actually so many opportunities, it's very hard to count. So mm-hmm. one can become a nutritionist, you know, a dietitian, they can become a physiotherapist. A lot of this does require additional schooling. Uh, they can become a personal trainer, a biomechanist, they can work in the insurance industry, like I mentioned earlier. Um, so yeah, once again, it really depends on what the individual is looking to do. Mm-hmm. and how they want their day to look, right? So, lots of opportunities there. Is there more, does it depend on the area that you live in? Uh, it can. So, kinesiology is relatively a new type of field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people used to refer to kinesiologists as exercise physiologists or kinesiotherapists, depending on what part of the country, what part of the world you're actually in. Um, and sometimes to practice in uh, various locations, you need to have additional schooling or various credentials, just like the kinesiologist uh, licensing exam. Mm-hmm. So in, in, for example, my area, I live in Toronto right now, and there's a lot of opportunities. You, know, you can work in a clinic, you can work in a, in a gym, you can work with an insurance company again. Mm-hmm. However, you can also, if you head out a little bit west, there's a lot more opportunities for some reason. Um, it could be related to a lot of disability claims. Mm. So there's also that. So yeah, it does depend on where you live. Okay. Um, and how about in terms of countries? Does uh, How mobile is uh, kinesiology? So right now it's pretty mobile across Canada. Um, mm-hmm. You might have to sign up with the college if you do change provinces. Mm-hmm. So I, know, I know there's a lot of uh, kinesiologists practicing in British Columbia, so out west. So it's possible that it shouldn't be too difficult. I haven't really looked into it. But I know if I were to go into the States, I might have to get some additional education to even practice there. So it's not too transferable. So it's better to stay in one area. Okay. So between countries, it's a little tougher. It might take a longer process. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and how has the profession evolved over time? As, like you said, it wasn't uh, something that was too well-known at one point. Yeah, so a lot of colleges prefer to be evidence-based, and the evidence around kinesiology has, you know, it's been there for a long period of time, whereas the programs themselves are not tailored to practical experience. A lot of them have a lot of theoretical components, but a lot of schools don't offer the type of uh, application that students are looking for. Mm -hmm. So that's probably where the barrier was initially. And now, because of the opportunities that are being created here, a lot more students can get more hands-on work and like, and actually perform various types of work related to the field after they graduate. Mm-hmm. So it's evolved in, in different capacities. It's just very slow. Has technology um, affected the evolve in any way? Uh, big time. So a lot of the, I guess, the technology used in, I should have mentioned this earlier, in, in uh, cinematic productions, so in movies essentially, um, sometimes some of the animations are based off technology that they use in biomechanics. Mm-hmm. So with respect to mapping out characters, um, you know, developing so, uh, effects. So you can literally 
put an individual in a place and the technology used for that scene can, you know, it can be a reference with respect to biomechanics and get the individual. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to make it simple to understand. Yeah, I was just going to um, delve a little deeper into that. So uh, in school, do you have to take any extra um, courses in order to learn how to do that? Um, you can. So I did take a bunch of biomechanics courses in my third and fourth years. Mm -hmm. And the first and second year is mostly uh, anatomy, physiology, and uh, biological sciences, unless you want to do uh, arts or the sciences stream. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, you can take athletic therapy courses. You can learn how to do taping. You know, assess injuries. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of things you can learn in some of the courses, but it really depends on the school. So some schools don't always offer so many courses. Mm -hmm. Work University offers a lot. Okay. Um, and one thing about uh, kinesiology, is it like when you're in school, do you have to specialize in something or do you just work as a general um, kinesiologist? Uh, it's good to specialize in something. You know, uh, that way you can focus a lot of your time in one area mm -hmm. and you know, get clients for that particular field. Otherwise, you'll be researching all the time. So well, I like to accept as many different types of clients as, uh, as possible. Mm -hmm. However, at the end of the day, I like working with individuals with primarily injuries. So the type of injuries that I specialize in are hip and knee, mm -hmm. whereas someone might specialize in shoulder injuries. But you know, going somewhere where there's not too many shoulder injuries might be a complication. So it's good to be a little bit broad. Yeah. So the research is necessary to look up into. So if I'm someone who doesn't work with shoulder injuries, I should look into the research, see how to work with those types of patients, and then work from there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is it very physically demanding? Do you feel like sometimes you need therapy after working yeah. long, long hours? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. So it really depends. Um, my job, I'm on my feet most of the time, so mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I'm not burning too many calories by moving around. Um, and I also have to demonstrate exercises sometimes. So depending on the client, if they're very intensive, then I'm going to have to push myself just a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I have to figure out where to reserve my energy. So it, it is a good idea to do some stretching whenever you get a chance. Sometimes you might need you know, eight clients in a row and you don't get a chance to eat. So it really depends. And how do you manage your own self-care? So sometimes I'll prepare like a smoothie and drink it throughout the day or I'll mm -hmm. try to, uh, I guess, smuggle in snacks. I'll try to stretch <laughs> while I'm actually working with a client in a way that they don't notice. So like I'll you know, put my hands behind my back and start stretching my neck if I need to. Mm -hmm. Don't tell any of them that I do that. <laughs> um, and what's something you wish you'd known about the career before getting into it? Something you wish someone would have told you? I guess... Um, it's true that a lot of people didn't know what to do after they graduated with kinesiology degrees. Mm -hmm. So just having the college open up the whole field for us helped a little bit. So prior to going to kinesiology, I actually had a good idea of what I wanted to do after. So a lot of people tend to not to. A lot of people would like to become a doctor one day. And it's still possible with kinesiology, but what do you do if that doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. Good to have an outline of what's possible with the degree. And if you don't have that, let's say you are one of those people who are lost, what do you do? Well, you can always uh, shadow in clinics. You can work mm -hmm. with various professionals that have a similar background. And then, you know, see if it interests you and then work towards that. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you can always find a mentor that can guide you through the process and finding the right career path, uh, career path for you. 
most clinics are open from the morning until like past normal hours, so seven, correct? That's right. Uh, how do you manage your own time? Yeah, so it can be tricky. The idea is not to work more hours than your body can handle. Mm -hmm. So most clinics are open for you know, over 40 hours a week, but your schedule should be based off whatever you can handle. So if a, you know, if a clinic's open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., you know, it's a 10-hour day, it can get physically exhausting. So maybe limit yourself to only three days a week, mm -hmm. and then the other days recuperate. Or even take mini bouts of work. So maybe do a five-hour day instead. Mm -hmm. And can you work as, um, let's say, can you work full-time at a hospital or work uh, freelance at different clinics? Yeah, so I'm actually freelancing right now at one clinic. Mm -hmm. and it's working really well. You know, I can uh, set my own rates. I just have to pay like a small fee for the rental or being able to train the client there. Whereas um, with, sorry, just to do the other part. Uh, with respect to, sorry, the first part of the question, I can't remember it. Um, I was asking about uh, hospitals as well. Oh, yeah, hospitals, yeah. So hospitals, it's slowly evolving. Um, a lot of the, I guess, the healthcare system is based off a reactive medicine as opposed to proactive, you know, preparing people for preventing themselves from disease. So mm -hmm. we only have really one kinesiologist per hospital right now in Ontario. So just imagine, let's say we've got a, let's assume 100 hospitals. Mm -hmm. There's 1,000 or 2,000 people graduating from kinesiology every year. You know, you can only have so many kinesiologists in the hospital. Yeah. So they have to, they're forced to find jobs at different places. That's right. Um, what are the, let's say, future um, career involvements for uh, kinesiologists? So if you want to go into further education, what opportunities are there? Well, it's really nice. So an individual can, uh, I guess, take an ergonomics course mm -hmm. and work with that. There's a lot of um, certifications in ergonomics after graduating, and that'll help propel you to a career you know, with, you know, workplace uh, safety insurance boards or any workers' compensation companies. So you can get involved in the government. You know, you can work with companies that are uh, paralleled with the government. So mm -hmm. it's nice in that way. There's a lot of opportunities for certifications. So not too many schools offering them, but I know the School of Western, the School of Western in Ontario is very good for that. Mm -hmm. They offer, I think, a pedorthic uh, certification too. So you can analyze feet and work with uh, those types of populations. How many certifications do you have to get throughout your career? Uh, it's really depending on the person. So mm -hmm. I can do a certification in the skill that I want to learn. If I don't really learn that skill through the course, I can learn on my own. There's lots of books out there that mm -hmm. uh, cover these skills. However, if I want to work with more, um, I guess, clinically reduced populations, it's trickier, so I have to go with the course. Uh, it can really vary. So I know somebody who has maybe 20 certifications and then mm -hmm. some of my coworkers only have maybe one. Okay. Um, can you take us back a bit through a couple jobs that you've done and what you really love about doing this? Uh, the jobs that I've done? Yeah, so just people you've worked with and tell us a bit more about why you love this. So one of the cool jobs I'm doing right now is working mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, 
individuals getting back into their job from the return to work plans. Mm-hmm. I find that interesting because I'm always at a different job site. So I get to see how other people work. Not, you know, I, I get to work at the same time, but see how people work in their job. So I was recently at a steel factory. Last week I was at um, a high school. So it's always changing. But I really mm-hmm. like that part of that job. Um, in the past, though, I worked at a few clinics. The clinical component, it can get, you know, very uh, hectic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, no, you know, there's a lot of back pain that we see in a lot of clinics. So sometimes it's just the same patients in and out. But then sometimes you get a very rare case and then, you know, really, it's really intriguing. So you try to do as much as you can to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Just a note for the audience, the spring session for Mojo Academy in New York and New Jersey and Chicago are just around the corner. You can visit our website at www.mojooutreach.org slash academy for further information. If you want an academy near you, email us at academy at mojooutreach.org. So um, once you graduate, you graduated, you said that you had previously, previously started your own little, um, uh, what was it? It was a personal training business. Personal so, training business. So what sparked your, like, what made you do that? So it stems back from injuring my arm. It's mm-hmm. my, but I've also, have a, I've also got a few certifications from high school in fitness. Oh, so okay. I had a lot of questions from not only my classmates, but some of my friends too. So I'm, you know, I just thought to myself, why not? So I looked more into it, got, uh, learned more about health and fitness. And I started using that in different ways. So I decided to just get certified in that and started working as a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And if actually we have a question for you from one of our audience members, um, they say that if you had to go and do it all over again to get here, would you change anything in your um, career? So if I had to do everything all over again? Yeah, to get to where you are, would you change any part of your experience? Well, Personally, I probably would have seeked out more opportunities while I was in, still in school, but I also would have uh, looked into more business development type mm-hmm. of education. You know, it's great to be fully science-backed, uh, but at the same time, it's good to get some experience in the business uh, development area. A lot of people don't get that opportunity. So I had, luckily, when I was volunteering in a clinic, I had a chance to talk to somebody who, well, actually talk to the owner. He's one of my friends now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he showed me the ropes of running a clinic. It's, it's a lot of work, but having somebody guide you through the whole process would have been nice. Is it very important to have that business aspect? It, it can be. Uh, you know, sometimes going into it without not knowing anything or learning as things go by can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just talking to a coworker and they just helped a friend open up a clinic and they said they were working a lot of hours, trying to prepare you know, a lot of resources. But ultimately, you know, when you see the finished product, you're very happy with it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just very grueling. And before we get to the end of our show, uh, what's your final piece of advice for our listeners today? Well, it's good for everybody to get up and move around, you know, get some exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a kinesiologist, we focus on preventative health. So a lot of the chronic illnesses that we have today are related to people not moving. So you know, diabetes, hypertension, mm-hmm. um, strained ligaments, you know, 
various types of things are occurring because we're not moving around, not stressing our bodies the way we should be. Mm-hmm. So everyone should start preparing for the emoji games. <laughs> not overdoing it. <laughs> How should people be moving around? Is it like going to the gym or just moving around, stretching at home? So the American College of Sports Medicine has some guidelines that the, uh, you know, different countries tend to use. Mm-hmm. And typically you want to accumulate you know, about an hour of basic activity per day mm-hmm. or close to 150 minutes per week. Um, you know, that includes walking, gardening, you know, just stuff that gets your body moving. And then it's recommended to do about 30 to 60 minutes of vigorous intense activity so you know maybe one mm-hmm. soccer game a week maybe two depending on how much time you play and then okay. yeah then some moderate activity so it's good to mix it around okay well thank you so much uh it was a pleasure having you on the show and uh thank you for teaching us about what it takes to be a kinesiologist yeah of course thank you for having me On next, next week's show, we will be hearing from Ali Madad. Ali creates communicative tissue at intersection of business, culture, and technology. You're not sure what that means? Tune in next week with our guest host to find out. We hold this weekly talk show, uh, and, if you've, and we've heard some great stories over the past few months. If you want to share your story, please email us at mentor at You are just listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the New Mentor website. If you want to reach out to, the, to today's speaker, just visit our online platform at emojaoutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to listen to Ali Madad. Thanks for listening to our panel today.